0: the big bets on campus podcast. podcast podcast all right here we
1: go wish that i was on old rocky top down in the tennessee hills ain't no smoggy smoke on rocky top ain't no telephone bills once i dream about that. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky
0: Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Rocky Top, Tennessee.
2: What's up, the Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the week seven college football betting recap. Presented by BetMGM. I'm Stucky, and joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Colin, we came into the weekend excited, hyped. It was Separation Saturday, Super Saturday, all these great matchups. Did it somehow exceed our expectations?
3: <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting is I figure today is going to be a victory lap for a lot of people. Uh, you know, like for Tennessee. Uh, you know, a couple other, the Utah bets, uh, as much as I wanted Utah to cover that spread, I, I mean, you can't fumble at the goal line, on, I guess USC uh, once again, USC uh, evading and, and covering but they didn't win. You don't so- handicap uh, USC goal line fumble Uh, Luck, You know, at the same time, it's like I had a really good day. Like, I had a green day on the app, a few units up. But the Alabama, I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to handicap, like, what, 17 penalties and 130 yards of penalties? Like, it was the sloppiest Alabama performance I've ever seen in my entire life. Don't know if I did a good job getting the number at seven. I don't know if I did a good job backing them when they played the worst game I've seen in a Saban team in years. Years. I've not seen them play that bad.
2: I was going insane during that game mainly because you know i was with a couple people that were i was actually with keg our colleague he was over in my house and he had alabama and i was going crazy during this game because you know obviously i, had a, I bet on tennessee but i also had them for the division like look they're, they're gonna have to go to georgia and win it's not gonna be easy but
3: nine and a half points nine yeah, and a
2: half. that'll that'll give me like a potential hedge better price and um Jalen had five touchdowns. Unbelievable day. He did that against um, LSU
3: too. He did that against LSU, and I just kind of blame that on LSU having a shitty secondary. But no. <laughs> nope, nope.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, but like if we look, it looked like we came into the, the day, and we'll let, we'll get to your voicemails in a second. The one dud was Michigan Penn State, which was like uh, I've never seen anything like that first half. And I luckily I got in on Michigan live. That was probably your your best call of the day. Penn State was down two with one first down. It was eighteen to one first downs in the first half. Yeah, never seen anything like that. But I mean, every other every other game
3: lived up to the billing. Uh, right down to TCU Oklahoma State going to double overtime. It I got mean, no love. It was played at the same time as Alabama. I no know. Oh, I lost somehow. Lost the under. Thought I was going to lose the Oklahoma State bet. Like it. That game was and the anxiety on top of the Tennessee game was just that. That was a crazy thirty minutes.
2: Man, there there was just, un- I mean, gosh, what a day. College football is the best. All right, let's get to your voicemails, and uh, we'll let you drive the ship.
1: Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you.
0: You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. Colin's stuck. Imagine having a wedding on a Saturday like
2: this. Unfortunately, Penn State had nothing in the trenches. Michigan,
0: America, World War One, Domination. Hey, I'm walking out of the big house with five minutes left on the game clock against a top ten team? What? That's something I never do against trash teams, let alone top ten Penn State. Just want to give a shout-out to Colin Wilson for being the only person outside of the Big Ten Network to actually talk about Donovan Edwards.
2: Anyway, why am I leaving early? Because I got to get home for the Guardians-Yankees game, baby.
0: Two-and-a-half-hour drive. We'll be home by first pitch. Guards, money line. Let's f- go. F- the Yankees.
2: Yeah, I mean, Colin nailed Michigan. I wish I wasn't hesitant because they were clearly the better team. And – by the way, I had Guardians first five, which lost, and then they won the game. Oh, there's nothing worse than that in a baseball bat. And I feel so bad for the people in Seattle. Twenty-one years wait for a home playoff game, and you lose one nothing in the 18th. Like, gosh, are there are there are baseball
3: gods? Let Seattle win that game. You know, my best friend uh, sat at that game for 18 innings. Hayden, yeah. So oh, no, shout shout out to Hayden on the podcast here. He missed the entire day of college football.
2: Give them a win! Walk. Like come on, this you're up. Well, to up two nothing.
3: He, he took a walk and went and stared at traffic on I five for a while. Like he was going to set up camp, like he was like one of the homeless guys around Safeco. Uh, it was <laughs> it was there forever. I can't believe that game.
0: Yeah,
2: shout out to M's fans. That was brutal. Um, But you guys got a great young core. You'll be back. But yeah, back to Michigan, I I was really impressed. And I was ready to write them off. Like, just all I had was the Maryland result, right? They played a bunch of teams that we didn't know much about. I said, maybe this team isn't as good. I said, I'll fire Brett McMurphy into the sun if he has them projected to be in the college football playoff. But now that you've seen this team – can they beat Ohio State? What is their ceiling? Are you, and I know you had them, so you expected them to win by margin, but were you more impressed, or do you think that this was just more an indictment of where Penn State is?
3: I think it's more of where Penn State is. I mean, some of the handicap was Penn State's got some fraud numbers. Look at the offenses they've gone against. Sean Clifford has regressed. He's not good in passing downs. Like a lot of the Mike Yersick magic that came into Sean Clifford's uh, game last year really showed the numbers, but now, his big time throw rate is completely down. And I do think Michigan, I'm not like bagging on them say they didn't earn the win. Of course they did. That ground attack is, is lethal. Uh, how much did they close the gap on Ohio state? I mean, it's still a game that I think is going to end up around eight and a half. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I just don't see them there. There's still a, a noticeable gap between Michigan and uh, the top couple teams. teams. Uh, I don't even know if we can include Alabama in the list anymore, but uh, Michigan and the, and the the field that we know is going to make the college football playoff.
2: Tennessee and Georgia, right? And, uh yeah. I mean, Michigan now has like a real chance of competing with Ohio State. They're, they'll clearly be underdogs, but I didn't think they had a chance a couple weeks ago, but, yeah, they they were they were impressive. And Penn, the Penn State play calling in the first half was so bad. Um, and Michigan needs to get a little better in the red zone with their play calling as well, but they clearly dominated the game. And uh, shout out to your boy, Donovan Edwards. He is electric. All right, let's move on.
0: Yeah, this is a shout-out to Scott Simons, the D.C. at SMU. Just really just tanked the game there at the end. Just didn't care about his players finishing the game. Had every chance to finish him off. Fourth and 11, and you run 25 yards off the line of scrimmage. Are you kidding me? This is blatant as hell, and you should be investigated fine and never allowed to coach college football again. And, Rhett Lashley, you're a piece of dog shit too. I mean, gosh, you turned that SMU program downwards. You're defensive coordinator. You have no balls. So I've come to the realization that uh, Navy's a f***ing covering machine. Last week, outright 50 burgers. This week, my goal right now after watching that is raising a son. He's going to go up there, be the savior of f***ing Navy football, and he will be a covering machine. I'll get that information, and I'll feed it to Colin and Stucky in the next 30 years when they're capping games and they're 70 years old. We're still listening to God's big mother f-ing bets
2: on campus. There is nothing that gets people more fired up call into the voicemail than uh an island game um so friday night <laughs> navy backdoor was uh was something and yeah i mean service academy catching double digits comes there again but uh, that was i just feel bad if you had an smu minus 12 and a half ticket lose uh, at the think, basically at the gun but what, what do you what do you got
3: well navy 65 post game win expectancy like they yeah. should have won that game smu And standard downs was like 39% on the day. Like something is wrong with with SMU on the offensive side of the ball. They're not as explosive as they should be under Lashley. But at the same time, like this is two weeks in a row I've seen defensive coordinators, Tulsa and SMU, say we can't replicate what Navy is doing. We got the Houston defense up next, who is supposed to have a good defensive line. So uh, that'll definitely be worth some study this week. Yep. All right, moving on. That's Lobos suck.
0: You guys were right, under two and a half. It's not even halfway through the year, but we're not gonna fing get there. We suck. Aggies, oh Aggies we the Aggies, we're here to read the cry, we're here to do or die. Aggies the oh waggies, we've come to win or no other reason why. And we win this game, we'll buy a keg of booze, we'll drink it to the Aggies till we wobble in our shoes. Hey, cheat Aggies, under two and a half. Just want to know what the f- that you three guys saw in UMass today. Just going through, take a look at it in the week. McMurphy puts in UMass plus 16. I go, okay, take a look at the other two idiots, put it in after that. Put it in my nice little 16 parlay. The only team that didn't come through was f-ing UMass. Can't wait to go and see what kind of rushing success that UMass had against my boys from UB. Both of you are f***ing brain dead for putting your money on UMass and recommending it to the rest of us.
2: Thanks a lot for that. I'm sorry that I didn't win every bet yesterday. But, yeah, you you go in the dumpster. Sometimes you come out with trash and you smell. That's what happens when you're in the dumpster. And, yeah, UMass is a bad call. It happens. By the way, I also bet Colorado who won outright. So sometimes you go in the dumpster. And the five-star restaurant right down the street has a filet that someone just, you know, they got and they, their stomach turned and they drop it off. Just throw in the trash and you're in the dumpster and you get a free filet. That was Colorado. UMass, yeah, it was UMass. It sucked. It was an awful call. And don't parlay everything. Round robin, money line, little let's see what we can do. Don't parlay of eight, eight picks. like What are the chances we're going to go eight no and eight picks? And you don't want to put UMass in a parlay, Colin, yeah, any who, thoughts?
3: I, yeah, who does that? Who puts UMass in a parlay? And by the way, for the caller that wondered, UMass had a 29% uh, success rate overall. Uh, so there you go, in case you were wondering.
2: <laughs> I did a four-team round robin that hit. It wasn't for the most amount of money. It was a bunch of picks in, in Michigan State. But my fifth team, I was like, should I put – I was thinking about Georgia Southern. I was thinking, which hit. I was thinking about Colorado, which hit. And I was thinking about UMass. So I don't know. I, I can't go back in time and know what I would have done for that fifth one. But if it, if it would have been UMass, I would have, I would have been calling like this guy. All right, let's move on.
3: Oh, by the way, I looked it up, and that is a true New Mexico State fight song. Very impressive.
2: Amazing.
0: Oh, Kent State, why? Why the f*** do we do it every week? God, for f- sake, when are we going to learn? Oh, I love you guys, especially those sweet bastards on the group of five deep dive. Hey, Colin. Bro, hey, do the world a favor and never, ever give out a garbage Mac total again. This Kent State, Toledo, under, what the hell were you thinking? Were you trying to be sharp because you're square, bro? And Stucky was on the other side. Listen to him. Never take a Mac under again and have a good day. What's up, boys? I don't know if you can hear my baby crying in the background. It's because she listened to your podcast this week. Take the fucking Mac. Out of your podcast. We're done talking about it. You guys are good, man. You're good. But motherfucking Kent State. What in the fuck did I just watch? I got to feed my baby.
3: I had Toledo. Like, I, no one's mentioning the fact that I had Toledo, but don't take the under, right? I mean, listen, <laughs> I didn't expect. I mean, you project the number. I can't help it that up 28 7, what Kent State allowed, like 28 straight points. That, that was a real. Hap- I didn't have that game on. I Kent State goes
2: up twenty-one nothing, like two minutes into the game. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. I'm catching over a touchdown. What is this? A Wednesday night? Now we're we're already in true action. Oh, Next I- thing I know, people are tweeting me, texting me, "What's going on with Kent State?" I'm like, "What? What do you?" I, and I completely lost track of the game. And then it's like tied. So I'm like, "It's fine. We're tied. It's thirty-one all." I think. And then two minutes later, they're down like twenty-eight. Yeah. I don't know what was going on in that game. There was so much going on at that whole afternoon in college football that I lost track of it. Obviously, they got blown out. It was an awful call. I'm sorry. Kent, what did they say about Kent State? Kent read, Kent, Kent write, Kent State. I think that's uh, what Mac schools say about them. Um, yeah. I, I have to go back and watch that because i got to get ready for a match And I don't know how Kent, Kent State was up 21-0 right away and then how they got blown out by a lot. I mean, what a wild game.
3: Kent, Skate, Kent State scored a touchdown like on the first play of the second quarter, and that's the last time they scored a touchdown. They kicked a field goal later in the second quarter. They didn't even score in the second half. Unbelievable. Like, they, I, I don't know what's going on. Kent State is like – there's a couple of halves. They're showing up and a couple of halves. They, do, they, they did this
2: against every five Power 5 team they played.
3: Yes, every Power 5 team. They've had a half where they don't score and a half where they score a lot. I, I don't I, – I, and it's switching between first and second half, so I don't know where the analysis is on this, but this <laughs> team is like changing – it's Jekyll and Hyde in the middle of games.
2: The analysis is if they have a bad first half bet the second half if they have a good first <laughs> half bet against them in the second half unbelievable. by the way, that baby is going to be the next great handicapper of the future generation like I, listening I, to I, Ma- listening and watching Mac games as a baby I wish I was getting that amount of insight and take the Mac out of the podcast you're crazy, like crazy. We're, 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 Mac we're, what are we November I think November 3rd we're like two weeks away. Yeah. Some weekday action. Uh, I, I like apologize, them. Toledo. Okay, you had – Colin had Toledo. I had Kent State. I apologize for Kent State. I will not get every MAC game right. I will get many wrong. A lot of them will feel coin flip-ish. But you better believe we're breaking down the MAC
3: all season. I love Maction. I love Maction. <laughs>
2: all right, let's move on.
0: What's up, fellas? We're here in the fourth quarter. 11 minutes left to go this Bama-Tennessee game. Just one pressing question. Does Josh Heupel have the longest nostrils on the planet? I mean, what's the over-under on how many adult fingers can fit in one nostril? Is it three? You guys just weigh in and and let me know what you think. I'm thinking probably three, but, you know, I could be convinced either way. All right, cool. Thanks. What's up, guys? Finally calling in after the Vols game. Couldn't call in because my heart was beating faster than a jackrabbit on cocaine. Twelve and zero
2: feels like ninety eight. I'm not gonna sing Rocky Top because everyone else is going to. i let them do that. But real ones know this song. We don't give a damn about the whole state of Alabama. Whole state of Alabama. The
0: whole state of Alabama. We don't give a damn about the whole state of Alabama. We're from Tennessee.
3: Mimi me, and I can stucky.
0: I wish that I was down Rocky Top in the Tennessee. does it feel brother oh man I know you hate when people chirp you about just one pick but you hate to see it you Colin you Nick Saban
3: let's go you know what the problem is Stucky I just stop right there you know what the problem is is the call one of the callers mentioned it feels like 1998 and I think what's happening is is 1998 is so up in my face with this Tennessee run And for those of you who don't know, I was 20 years old, and Arkansas and Tennessee were undefeated. Both 8-0, both ranked in the top 10, and that is in our podcast intro. He stumbled and fumbled from Sean McDonough, was Clint Sterner, who lived down the hallway from me in Walton Hall, was driving a brand-new Corvette the week after he fumbled the ball against Tennessee from Bayside to Baytown, Texas. There's like 25 years of regurgitation here that like when I see the field, the field goal post getting ripped down and thrown in the Tennessee river, it reminds me back to 1999 when Arkansas beat the hell out of Tennessee and we ripped the field goal post down and took them down to Dixon street. Like there is a lot of go. Like when he said, this reminds me in 1998. Yes. You're spot on. And I'm trying not to let it get into my handicapping and I'm staring at Brett McMurphy ranking. The number one as a people and I'm just, my head is spinning. All right. They won. Great job. I mean, they're legit. I gave it to them. So anyways, that's my rant. <laughs> you going to bet
2: Tennessee Martin next week? You'll get this Tennessee team eventually.
3: Is anybody kicking field goals or PATs? I mean, there's a shortage on aluminum in the supply chain.
2: Look, we, we both had a good day last yesterday. And when that happens, you don't get fiery voicemails. Um, so just as an FYI, because the caller of the week does get a cash prize from me um, singing will always, anytime, anyone who sings, you always jump to the top of the potential callers of the week. So my guy who was singing and saying his heart was racing like a jackrabbit on cocaine, right now, you are the front runner. And by the way, speaking of our intro, the the kick six with the not going to keep them off the field tonight, that's Rod Bramblett. Like A really sad story. He was, uh, rest in peace, and he was killed by a, uh, a kid on going 90 miles an hour, uh, under the influence, no sign of brakes, just accelerating and really sad story. So one of the great calls in college football history and, uh, rest in peace, Rod. All right, let's move on.
0: Boys, the Cuse is loose. Six and oh, let's go. On to Clemson next
3: week. All right, take care. We celebrating a win over an NC state team as players dropping like flies.
2: This Syracuse team is something, man. They are, uh, It's like a Syracuse elite eight run final four run team. Yeah. I mean, chambers was bad frenzy state for an already limited offense, but I mean, you got to give credit to Syracuse for winning the game. Stayed undefeated next week at Clemson. You find out who they are, but if you're a Syracuse fan, that's all you want. That's all you want is going into Clemson undefeated. And if you win out, you're going to the comfortable playoff. That's right now. It's not going to happen, but that's, You still have hope. And uh, we'll find out who Syracuse really is. Is it the team that won by two at home against Virginia? Or are they going to turn into some monster next week? We'll see.
3: Yeah. And by the time this is uh, everybody hears this, I mean, I'm projecting this game to be Clemson by 16. So uh, it's going to, we're going to see which way the the market goes. But uh, the way Clemson is playing, despite taking in mass loads of sharp money on Florida State this week, they still covered that number. But I think we're going to – I don't know. I think we'll talk about that here in a little bit. I think so. Colin, Doug, listen,
0: I'm really sorry about the music, but Will Healy invited me to Club Lit since the boys finally covered a spread. I know they're 1-6, but they covered a spread. Hold on, hold on. Let me step outside since so you can actually hear me. Sorry about that. Oh boy, Colin, especially. Come on, man. You know better than anyone that Chris Reynolds is worth a billion points to the spread. Twenty-four points against UAB off a bye? Too many. Who cares about their actual record? All right, I gotta go. I'm sorry, Coach Will Healy. He's dragging me back inside. Hey.
2: Club lit, baby. Reynolds had a bad game, actually. And the UAB secondary is so good. If you look at all of the passing teams that they've played, they just, I mean, they've played a bunch of the air raids, right? they put, I think they played Middle Tennessee, Georgia Southern, now Charlotte, and their secondary grades out, like, unbelievable. Reynolds only threw for 200 yards and two picks. Yeah, the Charlotte defense showed up. Like, they needed, like, holding UAB to 34 might not sound like much, but they held McBride to, you know, 30 carries for 130. I thought he could run for like 500. So, so yes, we are back. We are back on our bullshit, as I like to say. <laughs> Charlotte bets are, are going to come in through the app the rest of the year. No holds bar. We are back, club lit. And uh, you now, actually, I might do two cars of the week this week. It might be him for club lit and the cocaine jackrabbit guy. But yes, let's go, Charlotte.
3: I have a feeling that the Charlotte Florida International line is going to open up too low.
2: Oh no! That's who they play
3: next. (laughs) Well, SP Plus is going to be like 11, and I'm like sitting at 18. So if it opens below two TDs, I'm going to be on this Charlotte train.
2: Yeah, and also it feels like a game like Charlotte just needs to blow somebody out, you know, and then just pour it on. By the way, the FIU game on Friday night there was like seven people in the stands, and they had like the Miami Vice field and helmets, and uh, I feel I feel really genuinely bad for the kids in that program. Like a home game, primetime. On TV, and there's like six people in the stands. FIU, at least it covered. All right, let's move they
3: on. They had pads, yeah.
2: They had pads too, so yeah.
3: <laughs> Was it a bad
0: beat that I just lost uh, Utah minus three and a half? Yeah, nah, I mean, somewhat. But uh, you know, again, another USC f- recovering a goal line, you know, turnover as usual. But you know what? They lost the, f- the Trojan lost. That fake ass defense and that. Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, and they're gonna go to the. F- they're going to the. You know what? They're f- done. They're done. And also, does this mean my Utah future is still alive? Maybe. <laughs> Utah. Utah. This is the the Utah. 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 Since the summer, he's been talking about playing Utah. In. Oh God, this
2: is uh... <laughs> Yeah, this. So yeah, Utah won. By the way, the ref show at the end. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh, with the clock and what? What a!
0: What the uh, hell happened with the
3: clock? How do you? How do you get got
2: more time clock. somehow? More time that was on the clock than before.
3: They, the clock paused at 11 for three seconds, and then they moved it from 8 to 13?
2: Oh, uh, it was amazing. Do, do, these,
3: do these refs in the Pac-12 have a, a concept of time? Do they know which which direction it should have been moving? That was criminal.
2: Colin, time is just a human construct. <laughs> and in the Pac-12, time operates differently. Uh, once again, the Pac-12, we... we It's college football. You can't count on many things, but you can always count on the uh, Pac 12 cannibalizing itself. So, college football playoff looks like not coming from the Pac 12. But the more important question I would say is, um, and I think it's an interesting one. You have your, I have an Oregon future. You have a Utah future. And curious to get your thoughts on like who is in right, maybe right now in your power ratings, or who do you think will be by the end of the year? Like, who's the best team? In this conference and who do you think is going to end up there because ucla and oregon are three you in the conference and then you have usc and utah with one loss but utah has that win over usc so how do you think how do you think this plays out and who do you actually think is the best team in the pac-12 well
3: it's interesting because right now from a power rating perspective oregon i have one point ahead of utah and you and i just went back and forth saying we think oregon utah are going to play in the pac-12 championship game so we're pretty on par there after that I mean, UCLA has got about a four point gap behind those two teams. Uh, Washington has got about a, you know, about a six point gap behind those teams. And Washington has the easiest schedule down the stretch. We knew that coming into the season. So uh, they're going to need the Pac-12 to cannibalize itself to somehow get in this race because of tiebreaker. So I'm not sure they can pull it off. But absolutely, this is uh, if Oregon beats UCLA coming up here, then this is, uh, this is a Ducks-Utes championship game like you and I talked about uh, in the summer, long, long months ago.
2: What season is it, by the way?
3: It, it's
2: it's Bo Nick's season.
3: Bo Nick's season in full effect.
2: Yeah, Washington. Washington's defense is a problem. I think you had Arizona. It was a good call there. Their defense is going to hold them back from doing anything, but they would have had a chance if they didn't blow the game at Arizona State. Like now you have two losses and that, that game ultimately is going to cost Washington – any chance their offense is so much? I I can't remember a power five offense going from where they were last year to where they are this year, like from that bad to this good in one season. Like that's all the credit to Kellen DeBoer, but all their losses in the secondary, like to the NFL, they cannot uh, replace them, and their defense is really really bad. Man, I just want to go back to yesterday and do it all again. Just what a day! Crazy games. Love college football. All right, let's move on.
0: Bye. Oh. Colin and Stucky. Alex from Florida, a.k.a. The Wedding Guy. What the f*** is wrong with you guys? I'm the biggest Florida State fan in the world. You can have the best handicap in the world. It doesn't matter. We're not going to cover against Clemson. But you f***ers convinced me. This was the year we were going to cover, and guess what? My future wife made me buy shoe lifts today so she won't be taller than me when she wears her high heels at our wedding and this f-ing loss was still the worst thing to happen to me today f- you dabo, f- clemson god f- damn it yeah i mean
2: i'd florida state i wish that they scored that they were at the goal line with some awful awful play calling and who knows i mean the game would have played out differently than can't just add a touchdown to the score for Florida State because you know they end up getting a kind of a meaningless touchdown late to lose by six game could have been different but you got to give credit to to DJU again um he played well and uh Clemson has been robbing my pockets the past couple of weeks so uh I don't think I'll be on Syracuse this week so maybe it's a, a week off of uh me donating to my book fading Dabo. so yeah credit to credit to Clemson
3: you know Andrew McCuba uh he played you know 22 snaps in rush defense, he played 45 coverage snaps. Brian Barisi's got some snaps there in the defensive line. Xavier Thomas is finally playing, he had 32 snaps that he played. So the defense, yeah, and the, whole, the
2: whole defensive line is back now. Yeah, there, back and... listen, I called
3: this a DJU podcast a couple of weeks ago, but the defense that we predicted might be 2018 level on for Clemson, they're finally full strength, and I think that's bad news for everybody in the ACC.
0: Yep. Let's go, piggies! Arkansas is back. We're ready to run the table. We're ready to finish nine and three and go to a new year six bowl. I mean, what a roller coaster of emotions this season been. But Arkansas is back. We're winning the whole thing.
3: College to a bluff, Arkansas. <laughs> Sammy covers. Listen, I three pro- lost
2: three lost national champion Arkansas.
3: I, I am shocked that. Uh, In the elevation against an offense that can pass downfield against our secondary, that we were able to just stone cold stop them and take over the game and KJ Jefferson played like an absolute animal and now we get to get some time off, when we come back we'll play Auburn don't know who their head coach is going to be and I'm a little fearful. Uh, if we go up against the interim considering interims are winning like crazy these days, but, uh, that game was so big because there's so much money on over six and a half from preseason win total that you had to have that, that BYU was just pivotal heading into the bye and then trying to finish up the season.
2: Why did not we just bet that over? <laughs> I did. I know. <laughs> I, did. I mean, we, 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 me, me, me. I'm just, I'm upset. I didn't bet that over. Uh, I mean, obviously it looks a lot, but I was thinking about it and yeah, Jefferson was amazing. And, uh. Yeah, Arkansas, buy a week, and then we'll reevaluate them at Auburn. By the way, I think Devin Leary was confirmed out for the year. It was worth yep. 30 for NC State. That pretty much uh, kills them. I want to just shout out Ole Miss fans. You were on my shit list after what Lane did last week against Vandy. But now we're cool again, and I love Ole Miss fans. And at the end of the game, guess what? Lane took knees. So shout out Ole Miss. We're back. We're friends again, and uh, we can move on.
3: I th- yeah, I thought that'd be a pretty good knee. You'd lo- you'd, I, don't, I don't know where that knee was the week before against Vandy. That cost us a unit, but good. You know, good for Lane.
2: There are fifty seconds left. They break her on there. I thought I think the Auburn like thirty, and I'm like, God, oh, no, please, no. And then they <laughs> kneeled it. So I don't think I've ever seen Lane Given a take knee. So maybe <laughs> listen to the podcast. Shout out Lane. Love you.
3: Yep. Talk to you again at SEC Media Days next year. <laughs>
0: I bet the Miami Hurricanes today minus seven, and they were up twenty to nothing late in the second half. And I'm thinking, wow, they may not be playing like a bunch of stupid fucking assholes today, which is weird because their coach Mario Cristobal's the stupidest fucking asshole in the world. I wonder if I'm going to get totally boned here. And sure enough, these dipshits like Grant Wells and Virginia Tech, this sad sack poverty program, dropped two backdoor touchdowns on them to blow this cover. Miami had sixteen penalties today. Here's just the fourth quarter. Personal foul, personal foul, holding, false start, holding, personal foul, pass interference, ending with a fourth and nine. They let Grant. I'm a total worthless sack of. Wells pick up 16 yards on it with the end of the game. Miami Hurricanes, you lost to Little Tennessee State. Your coach is a total fing asshole. This man, this f-ing program, you do more destruction than actual f-ing hurricanes. To people like me, f-ing you,
3: fuck you, fuck you. Do you know what's the most amazing? So I had Virginia Tech plus eight and a half on the open. I oh, my was gosh, fun. you did? I did. And, and wow. I, was not, I was not coming in promoting it on the podcast because I was like, well, I got good closing line value because when we podcasted about it, the number was at seven. But I was like, I'm not comfortable with this at all. I am not comfortable with Virginia Tech. What's funny about this game is if you go out and read the play-by-play and the box score – it just stops with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I swear to God, if you go at the ESPN, if you go check the play-by-play, it's done with five minutes left. So you have no clue. Like that explanation is the best you're going to get about how they scored that bullshit touchdown at the end for the cover. So I did not have any love for Virginia Tech when I was updating my power ratings. That was uh, an abomination.
2: And by the way, that was our producer, Matt Mitchell, who called in. Did a wonderful job of uh, expressing the frustration of anyone that had Virginia Tech and uh, with a back door there, I I like followed none of that. I had no idea what I just saw the final score and that's it. And it makes me sad that a Miami Virginia Tech game just is so meaningless and basically like a a MAC game on Saturday. Like no one is watching except Mitchell. No one's even keeping track of the plays. Like uh, it makes me sad. Like Miami V Tech, that game should be bigger. It's just not.
3: Yeah, is Miami doubled? Virginia Tech success rate overall. Virginia Tech 24% success rate in standard downs, Miami 48%. Oof. Like, I, and it was 100% post game win expectancy. And even though the game ended on six, uh, it had no business landing on six. So that's a bad beat if you had a Miami ticket.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Mitchell. The thanks is everyone to call in. Let's do two calls a week. We're going to go with Club Lit. Maybe how many people do you think in the world followed me on Charlotte for like the 70th time? Four.
3: <laughs> Hopefully they follow you again this week.
2: Four brave souls. I don't even know. Maybe there was only one, and it was the guy that called in. And uh, so club lit caller, and then Jack Rabbit cocaine caller. Co callers of the week reach out to myself or our producer Matt Mitchell. And we'll throw you a cash prize. Appreciate everyone calling into the voicemails. You guys are great, and uh, continue to do so whenever. Could be on a you know a Wednesday game. We have weekday games this week. Nine five nine bad beat and. We'll do the new BCS uh, with myself, Colin, and Brett McMurphy tomorrow night. It'll be out on Tuesday morning. We'll talk a little bit more about the weekend. We'll talk about the weekday college football games. We'll give one look-ahead bet and uh, do some trivia and just uh, talk the overall college football landscape in a casual fashion. But before we continue, as a reminder,
1: the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, DC, Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Let's do best call, worst call, bet, regret.
2: I'll start. I'm going to say best call was Tennessee because I want the song to be played again on the podcast. And I told Mitchell that we're going to play that song 5 million times um, because he was... So after the podcast, Mitchell, our producer... Just starts tweeting, imagine believing in Josh Heupel. Imagine thinking Nick Saban is going to close this game. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to remember all these. So uh, I did, and uh, I'm going to make him play the song again. Worst call, uh, UMass. Talked about it. Shouldn't have bet him. And uh, I would say Florida State, too. I mean, eh, misleading final score. Uh, that was probably it was the wrong side. That regret? Probably not getting in on Illinois when – like, I, how, I thought DeVito was going to be out. And then I saw you get in on it, people. And I, I know a lot of people that yeah. got in on it before, like right when the kind of the, new, the news was getting out. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, the difference between, like, there's an enormous difference between Art Sitkowski and uh, and, and Tommy DeVito. And if you look at that box score, Illinois five, had almost 500 yards. They outgave Minnesota 472 to 180.
3: Like, like, are are you
2: now on this Illinois, Illinois national title? Illinois College Football playoff?
3: I, I don't even, I don't, I can't even talk about what I'm doing. Cash making money, backing Brett Bielema. I, I just, I, I they're just going to go to the Rose Bowl. Let's accept the fact that Ohio State's going to the College Football Playoff and Illinois is going to the Rose Bowl.
2: Illinois is, oh, they're a buy. Then they're at Nebraska, home against Michigan State, home against Purdue, and then at Michigan. Yeah, man, man. Yeah, credit to Illinois. Credit to Bielema. and uh, yeah, Walters. I love their defensive coordinator. They're, they they dominated that game. It was a well-deserved win. Uh, how about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret?
3: Yeah, I guess best call will go with Michigan. Uh, broke it down in detail in a write-up. Broke it down on a podcast. Broke it down on BBOC. So uh, I would say that's the definition of a of a good call. Uh, worst call is going to be the favorite favorite from our podcast where I took Notre Dame who lost outright. And Stanford had what? Let me look at it, a seventy-six percent post-game win expectancy. Like they legitimately waving at
2: the crowd, Stanford, waving yeah. by to the sidelines at the end of the game.
3: Yeah. And what? I question where this team was mentally from having a big time losing record. And it just I, I the second I started believing it in Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, we get this shit. So can you
2: explain Notre Dame? Like they lose to Marshall, and then Marshall since is a corpse, like an actual corpse. Just being dragged around the country, losing to everybody as favorites, and then uh, but then Notre Dame looks good. You know they go to UNC and dominate. They go to BYU and dominate, uh-huh. and then they uh-huh. lose to Stanford at home, who's been a corpse all year. I I I, I, no, I cannot make any sense of this Notre Dame team. Do you have do you have any take on them or what what to expect going? Well, forward? I mean, they
3: went three. They went you know three for twelve on third downs. They had two turnovers. Uh, you know, and then when you look at some of the, the scoring opportunities, they actually, you know, scored 14 points on three trips. The problem is they only had three trips. Stanford had more than twice as they had seven trips. So, you know, the defense, this Marcus Freeman defense allowed Stanford to march up and down the field, which we know Tanner McKee could do. Yeah. It's just that they're having serious issues with havoc on both sides of the ball, but in this game, zero turnovers. And when you get zero turnovers from the Stanford team, they can win some games. I mean, we said this at Washington. We said this with plenty of, you know, USC. You cut out the damn turnovers, and Stanford's a legit team you can bet on, but you can't, it's hard to handicap that because they have had problems holding on to the ball.
2: Yeah, yeah, Notre Dame is uh, an enigma, to say the least. And not bet regret?
3: Oh, Colorado, by far. Like, I I was like, I knew it when you, you brought it up, and then I got the Mike Sanford bullshit in my ear, and I, I can't go with that. And this, what New interim coaches in their first week are doing after coaches have been fired. The record has been amazing. How many double-digit underdogs have won outright? Uh, So any more firings from here on out, you can just expect to see that team, if it's an underdog by double digits, in our parlays. Because, I mean, this is ridiculous what's happening this year.
2: Yeah. Arizona State,
3: right? I mean, you can name them all off.
2: Yeah. Yeah, insane. Uh, they no, is anyone going to fire their coach this week? We can we can back them next uh, week. Parson. If, uh Parson <laughs> Yeah. Are they on a bye? Is Auburn on a buy? They're
3: on a buy. So, oh, unfortunately, no. it's going to be Arkansas after that.
2: All right, two other games that I wanted to mention. I guess I'll throw this in the bet regret. Always fade Nevada. And I didn't. Hawaii beats Nevada, 31-16 late night. I, at least I didn't have to suffer. Through that game till what four in the morning, but uh, great for our Nevada win total. But I am very sad that I did not. It's always fade, it's never Nevada, never Nevada. That is my slogan, and I didn't do it. And uh, let's see, the the only other game I wanted to mention was I mean, Georgia Southern wins outright against James Madison, ends their run. I think that's noteworthy. Old Dominion blows out Coastal Carolina. Another bet regret of mine. I,
3: stuck. There's a lot of tickets on our podcast. The G5 guys and myself that have 60-1s on Old Dominion. This is this is legit happening with that win against Coastal Carolina.
2: Yeah, make sure you check out the group of five guys, by the way. Weekly podcasts are killing it and uh, do a great job breaking down the group of five each week. Yeah, Kentucky. Big one for Kentucky, by the way, against Mississippi State. Again, on the road, disappointing effort. Kentucky obviously got Will Levis back. And uh, in a great spot, they came through. I, I guess I want to ask you, before we get out of here, coming out of this weekend, it was separation Saturday, right? And we learned, a you know, there, a lot of these games were just thrillers. But, you know, you see TCU beats Oklahoma State in double overtime by three. Utah beats USC by one. You know, Tennessee beats Alabama in an absolute thriller. So coming out of this weekend, you know, Michigan separates itself from Penn State. Like, what do you just make of the top and, like, where you see the college football playoff playing out? And is there – do you have any more clarity than you did going into the weekend of, like, who is the best team in the country?
3: Yeah, Ohio State and Clemson are absolutely making the playoff. There's just not going to be any resistance for their path going forward. So as much as I could say in the power ratings that Clemson is fourth, they are they're making the playoff. Yeah, uh, Nobody from the other division is going to be able to beat them. I think they were minus 400 to win the ACC going into the weekend. So I'm sure that number is going to double now after Florida State. And when you get past that, now you have Georgia and Tennessee. And if Tennessee wins that game, you're getting a rematch against Alabama, which is essentially a knockout game. Tennessee beats Georgia. They're obviously going to be number one in the college football playoff rankings, period. You beat Alabama Georgia, you're at the top. But, you know, if Georgia wins that game, then you're looking at a one-loss Tennessee that's going to be sitting probably at the number 5 let we'll Let's talk to Brett about this because you know he's been in all those he's been in all those college football playoff meetings and knows how that committee works. Yeah, but if Tennessee loses that game against Georgia, they're going to have one loss, and that really kind of fills the Texas A&M role that they the Texas A&M has had in the past several years, where they sit on that number five and they were never able to get into the top four, and they were never dropping with that one loss. So it's like they're sugar bowl bound, right? They're already. If they lose that game against Georgia, then you just write them off as the five seed and put them into the Sugar Bowl. So the loser of that Georgia-Tennessee game is going to have a problem having one loss and stuck on the five. So uh, that that game has become so important; it's going to be so big. So, um, but you know, stuck. We don't have definition on you know Ohio State, Michigan. That's going to work itself out. But who's going to take this four? Who's going to be number four? One of these losers of these games that we're talking about. I mean, because I just don't see anybody else stepping up and getting into it. Can the Pac-12 keep from cannibalizing itself? Is that Oregon spot? You know, I mean, Bo Nix is going to win a conference championship, not at home. It's a little far-fetched, hard to believe. You know, I don't know. It's wide open for that number four spot still.
2: Gun to your head right now, who wins the national title? I'm going to say Ohio State.
3: Yeah, Ohio State definitely in the lead. C.J. Stroud, definitely the Heisman winner. Uh, They are the most complete team, and I'm not just talking from offense. Jim Knowles, what they're doing on the defensive side, is really showing up in the numbers and they're not, I don't think they're going to have a problem with Michigan's run attack like they did last year. So, yeah, Ohio State.
2: All right. That will do it for us. As always, thanks for calling into the voicemails, following us on the Action app, and uh, making weekends more enjoyable. Even our producer is calling into the voicemail. So, if he can, you can. But appreciate all of you guys. It's uh, been a fun season and it was a great weekend, but who cares? We're on to the next. It's time to go find some winners. Colin will be. Furiously following the openers here in what, three hours we have?
3: Two, yeah, three about hour and a half, yeah. Yep.
2: Uh, openers will come out, so make sure you follow him and have your books ready. And then we'll talk tomorrow, uh, anything that we see on the board on the new BCS, Brett McMurphy, that'll be out Tuesday morning. Group of five guys follow with their breakdown. And then Colin and I will be back with the – It's kind of sad to say – the week eight college football betting preview—it's flying by. We are in the heart of college football, and uh, yeah, it's it's only going to get better. And next week's card doesn't look as great on the surface, but you know what that means? That just means it's going to be complete chaos. And you, you know, we have we have some really good games: like, Texas at Oak State, UCLA, and Oregon. There are some amazing games, but compared to this week, on the surface doesn't look as great. But whenever you think that of college football, it never disappoints
3: utsa north texas for the conference usa both undefeated
2: and charlotte favorite favorite club lit against fiu unlv at notre dame we taking unlv money line um oh boy yeah i got kansas state at tcu too yeah there's some really good games next weekend actually i take that back so but uh make sure you subscribe unsubscribe subscribe leave a review five-star review we'll do giveaways later in the week and uh I don't think it doesn't matter what you say, as long as you do a five star review, you can make fun of us for betting UMass. You can make fun of me for betting Kent State. Doesn't matter. Just leave a five star review; those really help us out in the rankings and hope other people find our podcast. And which I think that they would find valuable, and hope you do too. So, thanks to our sponsor, BetMGM, and most importantly, thanks to Colin and all of our audio and video people on the back end. They do a wonderful job and don't get enough credit. But it's time for us to go try to find some more winners for next weekend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch y'all later. Cheers. Peace
3: out.
0: I've had years of cramped up city life Trapped like a duck in a pen All I know is it's a pity life Can't be simple again Rocky Top, you'll always be Home sweet home to me Good
1: old Rocky Top Rocky Top, Tennessee Rocky Hawk, Tennessee Rocky Hawk, Tennessee